next year. Yeah, I mean, I think this year's really shown the importance of having a connection with others and like seeing your friends and family. So I really hope for 2021 that um, we really value others and continue like the, focusing on the importance of having that connection with our friends and family. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. Today we are recording a special Christmas episode and we're doing it a little bit different. We're joined by a live audience, not in person unfortunately, but via Zoom. We have 20 young adults and students who are going to help us review 2020, look at some of the headlines and news stories that impacted faith and justice. And together we'll share our reflections and thoughts, but also look ahead to 2021. And with this being a Christmas episode, we've also got to have a bit of fun along the way. So we'll be hosting a Christmas quiz a little later to test your festive knowledge. But before we get started, let me introduce Emma and Chris. How are you both doing, guys? Good, thanks. Yeah, doing good, thanks. I would like to say I'm the only person wearing a Christmas hat. It's true. You are, and I I think... That's lost in the format of podcast for everyone listening, yeah. but at least we have <laughs> some audience who can appreciate the effort you've gone to with Christmas hat, Christmas jumper and Christmas tree lights behind you. Um, looking back at 2020, Emma and Chris, what were your favourite podcast episodes? Did any conversations in particular jump out to you? Yeah, I mean, I had a few, especially when we, because we recorded at the Justice Conference back in February when we was all allowed to like see each other in person remember that who knew what was going to happen next no one uh, maybe some people but not me uh, but yeah I had some great conversations that weekend and I'm going to cheat and say two but uh, one of them was with Robert Beckford who uh, was on episode 32 and he talked a bit about decolonizing the church and what that looks like what does racism and the church kind of look like and I think with everything that went on this year which we'll touch on later it was just like a really like really timely message and then i'll say my second as well uh was episode 25 of renee august i've never had a conversation with someone where i've just been like in my head just like i think i'm about to say something stupid like every two seconds <laughs> <laughs> but she's fantastic like a lot of you met her uh through the immersion influencer course uh but yeah she's she's so kind she's so lovely but she also like really knows her stuff and it's kind of intimidating <laughs> Um, my favourite was, I have two as well, um, one was the one with the Zero Waste Doc, I can't remember what episode that was, but that was great if anyone else listened to that, and I feel like she just made everything so simple, and it was like, it's it's such a huge issue, like the issue of sustainability and how we make an impact on the world, but she really just broke it down and made you kind of feel confident that you could do stuff in your everyday life that is going to have an impact, so I loved that, and then my other favourite was Junior Gar, um, and that was only a few weeks ago that we interviewed him, um, and that was on our YouTube channel as well, and I just loved Loved everything that he said and then afterwards I watched his performance on TBN which was incredible um so yeah I definitely recommend everybody watch that it's called like Junior Gar and the Spirituals or something on TBN it was really really good nice I think my favorite I'll just choose one my favorite was um the interview with Bella Ramsey who's the actress who's been on Game of Thrones and other places because I just have so much respect firstly for someone in that environment who lives out their faith when you're in um in a kind of uh, celebrity media film type world but also not only the way she lives out her face but the way she lives out her her commitment to uh, to the world and to people and the commitment to to living out a life of justice in that context is pretty amazing so that was a recent one again chris i bet you know the episode number just off the top of your head don't you oh i actually don't think i do oh no but what i do what, what's funny though is i love how we all kind of just chose an episode where we did the interview ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones where you get the in-depth, you know, conversation and not the edited version. So, yeah, do go back and, and listen to some of the episodes that, that we mentioned and others as well if you uh, want to fill the time at any point. Uh, but next up, it's time for Emma's Dilemmas. Woo! Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where I present a dilemma to you and you have to say what you would rather, basically. How would you respond to the dilemma? So today's dilemma is, 
Would you rather have whatever you're thinking appear above your head <laughs> for everyone to see or have absolutely everything you do live streamed for everyone to see? So either everyone can see your thoughts or everyone can see your actions. You can vote now. Oh, man. I love that. This is really like, this is one that's looking deep into my soul right now. I was watching Black Mirror yesterday and I feel like this is just a continuation of it. <laughs> no, see, I watched that film, um, The Circle. Has anyone seen The Circle on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Well, I read the book. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, see, the thing, the thing is here is it's like, I don't have a very good poker face anyway. So like, I tend to be like give away my instant response to anything anyone says so i feel like in a way people can see the little thought bubble of my responses because i'm either looking like really confused or really um angry or really uninterested <laughs> at something someone's saying <laughs> so I, I feel like i live some of that um so i, I might have to well i don't know maybe I, I might go live stream gosh i don't know it's really difficult like i think I think if everything that appeared in my head came out for everyone to see, I don't know if I'd have many friends left. <laughs> like, not that I'm a vicious person, but it's just like, so if your head's thinking it, what can you do? Like, it's just in the back of my head. But on the same on the same note, like, I don't know, streaming everything in my life is a bit much. That's like, could I make yeah, money off of it, weird. though? Could I, like, could it become my career? Could I be, like, super 24-7 YouTuber? I guess, but you could also be a YouTuber that like is just really honest with your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me anything, I promise. <laughs> oh yeah, you could never lie. I like that the kind of crux of the dilemma comes to can I can I do ad revenue on my YouTube channel? It's like, <laughs> can I can I advertise all of my live streaming? I, like, I think that's good. I want to know if we got the results. So, with a whopping twenty six percent. Not so often, oh. 26%. The thoughts above the head came in. Mm. But with 74% of the vote, people would rather have their life streamed. Nah, you lot are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Who voted for um, thoughts being visible? Does anyone want to give us the inside track to to their rationale for that? Or are you all too shy because you realise you're in the 26% and you don't want to now look like a, a weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Emma, you tell us. Okay, so my thinking, my thinking, was that it makes the world a more honest place if you can just see what people are thinking. But then you don't really need to see what everyone is doing all the time. Like when people go to the toilet, like just never getting a moment to yourself. I feel like that would be really stressful. <laughs> so yeah, I think thinking is the Someone way Someone has it. mentioned that like, what about, what about going to the toilet? I think that's a good point. Caleb, you say you voted one way and then you changed to the other way. What what was it that swung it? Was it the persuasive argument that, that Emma made? Uh, I think along the similar lines, like, so I, I originally thought live stream because, like, I thought, like, Truman Show vibes, like, that doesn't always <laughs> seem that bad. Um, <laughs> then I thought, like, along the lines of, like, mental health, like, it might actually be quite useful, like, having your thoughts out there and like because I think people who are a lot more friendly than you think could like could understand your thoughts are like and there's something like goodly vulnerable about it I think yeah Love that, that makes sense so what what we're gonna do for the next week is um, Emma's gonna go around and write all of her thoughts um on a big whiteboard and hold it up above her head 24 7 <laughs> and I'm gonna f live stream my life for a week and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna work out whose whose life is more in tatters <laughs> is, it, is it mine or emma's which is the most life destroying approach because i feel none of them are good are they right but that's not the point of would you rather so thank you emma for for this week's dilemma if anyone's listening at home which i hope they are and you want to submit your own you have any particularly strong thoughts as well on the one we've just shared head over to we are tier fund on instagram and leave us a message but next up, it's time for our special extended 2020 wrap-up edition of What in the World? Great, so this is What in the World, where we discuss the latest in news and current affairs. Emma, we're talking about a few different things today, aren't we? But what's up first? Well, we thought we'd take a look back at some of the biggest headlines this year. And of course, there is the one headline that dominated 2020. 
coronavirus. And I don't think many of us could have predicted when we were back in January how this year would have ended up. But now that we're at the end of it, I just want to know, what are some of the lessons that you're taking away from this very strange year? I mean, it's been, like you said, it's been a very strange one. It's been a been a difficult one. But like having said that, and it's not to downplay anyone who's found anything difficult about this year at all, but I realised that actually, you know what, even when it's been a hard year, it's not too hard for me in, in the sense of like, I still have, a, I've had a roof over my head the whole time. I've had food to eat. And like, I can't complain about that. But I think what I have realized is that obviously people who are living in poverty, when stuff like this happens, they're just at such a risk to just being impacted by it. And it's interesting as well, because not even thinking about just about overseas, but also even within the UK, you know, we've seen children, 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 children. Well, that's never happened before. <laughs> Literally never. Literally never. <laughs> Can I can I just say that that is definitely staying in? Someone take his batteries out! Hello, is that work? Yeah. Could you hear it? I can't hear anything at all. I just saw you lot all losing it, and I was like, I really don't think anything I said was that funny. I can't wait for you to listen back. <laughs> we've got some we've got some serious requests from people to keep that in and I think in some way shape or form we need to keep it in we need to make okay. a track people out of it no beat behind it no is okay right <laughs> don't you just love technology everyone it's my favourite part of the podcast absolute favourite bit I've no clue how long this episode is even going to be <laughs> <laughs> right I'm going to start recording again whether it's like pupils going about food or whether it's actually even looking at the lines for food banks or whether it's even looking at like the disproportionate number of black and minority ethnic people who've been affected by coronavirus. It's just been a huge reminder that although they try to kind of say it was like this is the great leveller, quote in quotes, it really wasn't that because if you started mm. off in a bad position, you were put in a worse position. Yeah, it's a really good point. I was chatting to someone the other day and they described 2020 as, as a roller coaster. And I thought for for a roller coaster, there has to be some ups. And I think we've got to be honest and say like 2020, it hasn't been like the highs with the lows. It's been the okay times with the lows. And I think we need to we need to be, you know, honest with ourselves about that fact. We're all looking to a brighter 2021. And some of the news at the end of this year has, has been really good and really helped us to think about what normality is but I've I don't know if enjoy is the right word but the one part of the conversations and dialogue I've enjoyed is is the perspective of building back better which has been a an incredible phrase and concept to come out of this and for us to actually go okay 2021 hopefully spring summer things are going to start to get back to normality well let's not aim for normality let's aim for something else and I think you know it's it seems like it's one of these years where a lot has happened when you look at politics and um and corona and everything and and there's quite a lot of shifting things going on and i think 2021 mm. is a real opportunity for us you know with with countries coming back into the paris uh, agreement with people thinking about how they do business differently with the new world that's being shaped by the aftermath of covid then i think 2021 does have a lot of opportunity and, and potential I'm saying that with two weeks of 2020 left. You don't know what's going to happen to you. We've still got two weeks of it. I saw a funny meme the other day that was like, I haven't seen anyone saying 2021 going to be my year yet. You're all scared, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so true. Ellie, do you want to say what you wrote? Yeah, um, I think 2020 has been a year where we've all had to become a bit more intentional with our like routines I think it was just so easy to just get into no routine and do nothing and mm. just become quite complacent and lazy um which I think we also kind of needed just to stop and have a break but I think it's been a year of like learning to be intentional with like connecting with people and friends and people who we would see daily like making that effort to actually make sure they're okay um so, yeah, and I think coming online and how that sort of had to just happen so quickly with church and 
so many other things. I'm really grateful for the opportunities and just people that I've been able to meet and see God move online. I think that's a really good point is those are two two things that are you know maybe I was wrong maybe there were some highs of the roller coaster as well as lows but you know that opportunity it wasn't the same for everyone and and certain circumstances were very difficult but I know a couple of people who've described the period of lockdown as as a forced sabbath and that's not the case for everybody because people weren't weren't able to to be in that space and and have that approach but I think you know for some it was it was a forced stop and a, and a point of, of reflection. And there was a really good podcast episode that we did with Ruth Valerio a few months ago, which explains, is, is really good going into detail of how coronavirus is still a man-made problem and it isn't something that is kind of God-sent. At the same time, God uses all circumstances and all situations to to draw us closer to him. And I think that that period of lockdown, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't possible for everyone because there were some really difficult situations. But but slowing down and pausing was was one of the, I guess I don't want to say plus points, but but one of the things that that a few people observed. No, definitely, and I think in that slowing down, I think we've all been kind of forced to take in like our immediate peripheral view more, and I think we've all actually stopped and said, "Oh, actually, my neighbours, how can I actually help them? How can how can I, you know, I mean, journey with them through this through this year?" And I think it's just kind of shown that not only is community in community important but we're also bound by it anyway like the whole idea of the whole idea of like being personally healthy doesn't really mean much in a year like this year like it doesn't matter if you're the most healthy person in the world if you have the ability to spread the virus it's a problem and so I think you know it kind of speaks to me quite a lot about actually how we understand and view uh like injustice and view morality as christians i think there's a tendency sometimes that we get sucked into thinking about okay my relationship with god am i being is am i being pleasing to him but actually a lot of what we should be thinking about and i think what god thinks about is about the relationships in between things and actually yeah it's important that i that i'm obeying god in my own life and whatever that looks like but a huge part of that is loving your neighbor that's a massive part of it. And I think, mm. yeah, a year like this year has really exposed that even more, I think. On to the next of the list of 2020 highlights, or I say highlights, just headlights or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> but um, this year, 2020, we saw one of the biggest ever global protests take place in the form of Black Lives Matter. The movement picked up steam again following the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and many more. A huge swell of support began to develop around June, uh, both on and offline, and the conversation is still continuing today. For me, it was obviously quite a personal thing, being a black man myself. I think, in all honesty, I remember like the time when the videos went up and I refused to, I just couldn't watch any of them. I just remember thinking like, I just can't watch this again. Not even just I can't watch it. It was, it was like I can't watch it again. And I remember trying to just do some work from home and just like completely failing. I was just like every two seconds I had to stop, had to fight back tears. Well, I don't have to. That's just toxic masculinity. But I was fighting back tears um, and just thinking, wow, this is a lot. And seeing people being murdered because they look like me, ooh. It's a big, massive weight on you, but yeah, like like I said, I guess there was there was a massive swell of support behind Black Lives Matter this year, and it's interesting to think about why or what does it mean or like how important it is, etc. But I think the fact that it was something that was finally properly talked about was like very good, and I think very necessary, and I think the world is moving in a slightly better direction than it was beforehand. Um, not that you know any anyone's death should just be like just a sacrifice in that sense but um how about you guys how has your worldview changed in light of black lives matter this year yeah i think for me i have really appreciated the whole movement in terms of how it made people not be allowed to sit on the fence anymore and i think particularly as christians within church we can be like very just on the fence on so many issues even issues of poverty and like we kind of tend to not I guess 
think about or speak about the issues that aren't directly affecting us. Um, And I think it was really good that this movement kind of was so big that it made people say, look, are you in or are you out? Like, do you believe that Black Lives Matter or do you not? And if you don't, you need to learn and you need to do some education and there was a lot of um educational materials being put out there and I think it was just a real opportunity for people who kind of would sit and say like oh yeah of course black lives matter but then they're living in a way that's not really honoring of people that don't look like them it was a really good opportunity to highlight that in people's lives not necessarily in a way that says oh you're a bad person but actually a lot of people did need to be like woken up yeah it's been a long time coming so I'm grateful for the size of the movement and I think that so much of the power of it came with online and especially like our generation I think we used our voices and we said look enough is enough and it really challenged not only people within our generation but then older generations as well and then generations behind us too yeah I think I think you're right it is it's almost like a generational shift isn't it and I think it's moved everybody's thoughts and opinions and reflections on it are long one. So I think, you know, for, for me, that was, that was moving me from a place of going, yes, I believe in racial equality. Yes, I stand for justice. But actually what happened in my processing of, of the Black Lives Matter um, kind of momentum in June was actually it's fine to say that thing. And that's fine. Like it's fine to say, I believe in racial equality. But I realised there was so much more I had to deconstruct and, and and observe about how the the world and how society treated people different based on their race. And and I saw that suddenly at work, and I saw that suddenly in society, and I saw that suddenly in in lots in politics, in lots of different contexts. And it's for for me, it's made me look now around in things that are going on and saying like, what is it now that we feel is acceptable because we told ourselves acceptable that in 10, 15, 20 years isn't going to be acceptable. Like I remember watching, this was uh, probably, well, maybe even two years ago now, but watching the film Hidden Figures, which is about the, uh, something to do with space, NASA. And there's a team of black women who are mathematicians. Um, I remember watching that two years ago and seeing a scene where, black people had to use different toilets to white people. I don't know if you guys have seen the film before, but I watched that and just felt so moved by it and so horrified that this was 1960 something. And so only a generation ago, I felt horrified that that was something that was a, was part of our status quo, that, that that was a thing and I couldn't believe it. And I think what, what this year's helped me to start to do, and I'm, long way to go is to think well what is there today in the way that the world is built that we might look back on in 15 20 30 years time and go we man I can't believe that that was ever allowed to happen whether that is police brutality whether that is unequal opportunities in the workplace um, whether that is the difference economically of the opportunities that that different races have that we we might look back on in 30 years time and be horrified by and so, you know, that's something for for me personally, but I also just acknowledge that that I'm like, I don't know, 10% through reflecting on this. Like I'm not, like, I think that's what hopefully a lot of people are, uh, are reflecting on the situation saying, okay, I, I realise I wasn't engaging enough, but since since June, that doesn't mean I've been perfect and doesn't mean that I've got it all sorted. And I think that's a really important, important part of the journey. Definitely. Yeah, like it's not done once you sign the petition or you share something mm. online like it's a whole it's a whole life's work and like it doesn't matter who you are whether you're black white asian whatever you are like as a black person myself i still have to do the work of like actually what are the what are the wider systems that are creating this narrative as opposed to just being like well that one time someone said this to me like that is important it's valid but if anything's going to change it has to be structural change and we've got a couple comments from people in the audience sophie do you want to share your thoughts yeah so I was just um, saying how, like, I've seen, like, how because of the coronavirus and everything that's been going on in terms of justice in the world at the moment, uh, lots of people at my school and around me, I've seen them getting involved in, in injustice issues, whether it's bullying, whether it's racism, whether it's sexism. I've just seen people standing up against it and, like, telling people like it's wrong and like 
people taking a stand against it, not just sitting on the fence and watching it. Thank you for that. Grace, what would you like to add? I go to um, the University of York and um, York itself is pretty much white and middle class. And being a black Christian myself, um, I had the opportunity to be on the committee for the events week. Um, and as we were like discussing on what kind of talks we should have, you know, it came to me that why are we not talking about, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter movement? Why are we not talking about how Christianity is kind of like whitewashed in a way? Um, and luckily, I was able to um, host that talk with um, one of my housemates. Um, and we had um, Ruth Naomi Floyd just talk about her experience of being um, a Black musician in um, America and how she's gone through so much. And it was quite eye-opening just to see how many people in the CEU were um, impacted by that just one talk. So it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, if I wasn't on committee, these kind of um, events wouldn't actually um, be accessible. And I feel like um, now that I've been able to access different places and know different academics like um, Robert Beckford and his book, um, Jesus's um, Dread, and like learn about Black theology, or I'm really, really excited to hear um, and read um, Kenny McDonald's which is um, God is not a white man and just learning about how a lot of um, theology needs to be decolonized because it's pretty much just like from a white evangelical perspective and it's so interesting to know that there's so much more um, behind that kind of narrative so yeah awesome thank you it is just so cool just hearing what everyone's up to mm. and just yeah it's great it's what we need like people in different spots just doing doing the things that you need to do and making a difference uh, Caleb as well you've, you've got something to add yeah so um, I, I think the main thing is it highlighted how unaware I was to the problem um, like as, as a white person I grew up sort of I don't know just not really exposed to racism so I didn't really think it happened like I thought it maybe happened a bit but nowhere near it's bad and it's also made me aware of my privilege like as a white guy I don't know I just feel like there's a lot of things that I took for granted that like I wouldn't even think about that black people might have to think about every day and like I think that was a really powerful thing to me and I also said something about listening uh to other stories because I think I can't speak for black people but I can speak with black people and I can elevate their voices it's not my job to speak on their behalf because that they are their own stories to tell i think i have really tried to listen to as many people as possible through that and yeah elevate their voices instead of trying to speak on their behalf great so moving on so much has happened this year you'd be forgiven for forgetting it's been a big year in politics too after winning the general election late last year, Boris Johnson took his place at number 10 and has been juggling navigating a pandemic with leaving the European Union, which is a job I don't envy at all. And the US held their presidential elections in November with Joe Biden winning over Donald Trump and all of the fallout from that subsequently. I guess the question from this, I think it would be interesting to position it as, what would be your message to world leaders after this year? do better <laughs> is that okay to say <laughs> i mean i think obviously like you said it's not an easy it's not an easy year for anyone and i would hate to be the person making any sort of decision that could like have implications on the whole country or a whole world but i do think what we have seen is there's been kind of like a it's like i said earlier where i think it was boris who said coronavirus is the great leveler and it's like, you're just not living the same reality a lot of the people in this country are, let alone people around the world. So I think if I was to say anything, it would be get get some more perspective and use your power, your privilege, your position, your policies to help those who are vulnerable and those who are in need. I think I agree with you, Chris. I think there's there's the context that they have to understand. There's There's the collaboration side as well. It just feels like, I don't know, I mentioned it earlier, but you you have four years of being told that the Paris Agreement isn't something to be part of when scientists are telling you that's that's the thing that everyone should um, should pursue and commit to. And then at the result of election, 
you know, one different result. And then now the Paris Agreement is back on. And that makes it sound like I disagree with that. But I, I don't. I just think, you know, there's there's a reality here that we're being told by scientists and experts. And I think my my advice to world leaders is is make make decisive action based on on the experts, you know, I think that's, that's a really important part of it. Um, I think also, you know, I would, I would say, um, be more like Jesus, but you know, I don't know whether world <laughs> leaders would, would listen to that. I think I'm just, I'm pleased, you know, without, without spelling out any political position, I'm, I'm pleased that the most powerful man in the world is no longer someone who would do the opposite of what Jesus did. <laughs> um, and that, that's encouraging for, for the next year, you know, climate is on the agenda, racial equality is on the agenda, and you know, it's it's about building bridges and not building walls. And um, so, I I think I I feel so much more optimistic about things now. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen again in the next few weeks, or even between now and uh, the start of the next term in the US. But um, definitely, so much more encouraged than I was even six months ago. Okay, so next, with everyone staying inside for most of the year, our buying habits have definitely changed. So there's been more online shopping than ever before, and it was reported that Jeff Bezos... Bezos? Bezos? <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce his name the best. I really hope French, it's Bezos. Like, Bezos. 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 Yeah, Jeff guy um, made over £10 billion in one day. He made 10 billion pounds in one day that is just a lot of money um and in other news many fast fashion brands like h&m primark asos and loads of others came under fire for trying to cancel orders to suppliers and it was leaving workers unpaid and stock wasted um and then i don't know if you saw but to top it all off boohoo later got exposed for underpaying their workers three pounds an hour so yeah, I just want to know, guys, do you think that it matters where we shop and how can we buy more sustainably? 1000% it matters. And I think like it's difficult because sometimes it feels like we don't have a lot of choice because you kind of feel like, well, I always go to X shop or that or that place. They always got my size or whatever. But the reality is like we live in a big world. Like we've been meeting online like all year. So we have the capability to find alternatives. So I think... And that's not to, and again, that's not even to shame anyone because I know sustainable living isn't always easy. It's not always cheap, um, and sometimes it can be a privilege to to be able to shop sustainably. But I would say that actually, yeah, look at the options that you have open to you. If it's for clothes, charity shops, buying secondhand, um, looking at sustainable brands, etc. I think it just kind of requires us to think a bit more about what's happening on the other side of our transaction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd love to hear some of the guys' thoughts on whether your buying habits have changed this year, obviously, with the high street not being available. But, you know, have have any of you guys uh, made a change during this year? I mean, we've needed less clothes because we've been outside less. So that's <laughs> that's a forced bonus. Um, but, you know, have have attitudes changed? How how did you guys feel when you saw uh, 5P dresses available on pretty little things and boohoo for for black friday i think when i saw that the main thing when shopping around is to think about the whole supply chain in its context each part of that supply chain costs money and requires payment and so if you're charging something for five pounds let alone 5p who's who's the person who's not getting the money in that in that chain and more often than not um the the people right at the front the brands the shops um they they still get that money okay 5p isn't going to go too far for them on a one-off basis but if you have uh, a high volume of of sales for that then not not very much of the uh, of, of the money and the revenue is going to be passed down the supply chain and so ed- educating ourselves really about um where the money is going and where it's divided to would um you know is is, is always worth doing um as, as difficult as it is see some comments coming in on the chat maya would you like to share what you've been thinking this year yeah sure i think it's something i've always been kind of aware of over the years it's more like people talking about primark and stuff a little bit and being like so i always knew a little bit about it but i don't think until this year 
I really knew much about it. It was just one of that kind of things. Oh, maybe, yeah, I probably should um, shop more sustainably. But then a few of my friends kind of have like, had Instagram accounts where they kind of try to um, be more sustainable. And I talk to them a lot and kind of learn through lots of different accounts and stuff. And then kind of looked into it and realized how important it is. And just like, look at my wardrobe. I don't have, there's nothing in there that like I need. <laughs> like mm. I could easily, I, I bought, especially last year being my first year in uni, I bought so much pointless things. And I think there's a lot where people kind of, when they're going out and stuff, think, oh, I'll buy something for five pounds. And then if it gets ruined, then it's fine. But that's actually such a bad kind of habit to get into. And I think... If obviously you can't do it for everything, but where you can, I think it's important to do it. And but then also to try and, um, I think one of the other talks that I went to, like with this, I remember someone saying that, um, it's when you're told to someone about it, instead of telling them what shops are terrible, kind of tell them what places are really good to go to, so you're not shaming them which I think is really mm. great because I find like with my family, I've been just getting all excited and telling them about all these great places I've found instead of being like, you can't shop there. You're horrible. Like, cause it's not about that. It's not the right encouragement really. Yeah. it's a really good point. It's like, what's the positive outcome and positive solution to it as, as well as, you know, the problem, because the problem is there and it needs to be shared. But if we want to change people's habits, we've got to give them a, a positive alternative to switch to otherwise it just becomes too hard because sometimes you know doing doing the research if you're not that interested or or keen to make a difference then you're not going to spend the time doing the research so definitely suggestions works uh, we've got time for one more comment on this so um judith do you want to do you want to share a bit about uh, how you found the year in um in response to what you buy yeah sure um i think like maya said um there we all have been like fed this narrative, I think, constantly that we need so we constantly need new clothes, and it's how we see fashion seasons come in and out and trends come and go so quickly. I think we've all like, or certainly I know I've really fed into this idea that I constantly need to be updating my wardrobe. Um, and I think because of this year, we spent so much time inside, and everyone can only really see you from your shoulders up anyway, that um, we really haven't needed that much to get through this year. And I've been thinking actually a lot of the focus when we look at sustainable fashion is often on where you buy and who you're buying from. And we are so lucky that there are so many great sustainable brands out there. Um, and we have the option secondhand, but I think also overconsumption is such a huge issue that if we constantly buy new clothes and there's constantly clothes ending up in landfill and things ending up in our wardrobe, not being worn, that I've mm. been trying to then shift I, after making the shift from buying fast fashion to then buying sustainable fashion or secondhand fashion, then actually trying to shift my mindset from, oh, rather than constantly sort of feeding this desire that I need new stuff in order to look good, in order to be accepted mm -hmm. by society or whatever it may be. Um, actually, do I really need new clothes right now? Or this is this something that um, sort of society has told me I need? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's an even I think it's in many ways that's an even harder shift because it's a whole mindset shift and I still constantly find myself like scrolling through Depop or just wanting to nip into a charity shop to see what's on offer. But actually that's like, we don't need as many clothes as we think we do or as many material items. And then there's like a whole biblical call towards like a simplistic lifestyle and um, like not needing to constantly be like filling our wardrobes because like Jesus will provide what we need. Um, I think mm. actually then sort of taking this idea of not sort of over-consuming um, because of the effect that has on the planet and on the people at uh, making the clothes but then sort of placing that into a biblical context as well has been like a real challenge for me and something I'm still like figuring out but something that I think sort of this year and particularly lockdown and spending so much time inside with no one seeing what I'm wearing and um, mm. I've been able to sort of work that through a bit which has been really helpful yeah definitely so much wisdom in there thank you I agree. We you're we probably sick of hearing us say it now, but one one thing we talk about a lot is using acts um, that we that we do in consumer habits as a form of worship, and that's that's the same within within fashion. If if we're if we're standing up for um, people around the world, if we're standing up for justice, then there's the immediate benefit of 
of shopping um, differently and, and making different choices. But also just in the act of doing that, we're saying to God, you know, we, we're here to, to steward your creation and we, and we are taking decisive action to do that. I think that's, that's a really um, important part of it as well, is in, in us just showing our willingness to, um, to be part of a, a different narrative to, to culture and society and be part of God's narrative. Great. So that was plenty to think about there and plenty of stops on our 2020 tour on the roller coaster or not so much roller coaster. But now we're we're going to celebrate the end of the year in in true Christmas fashion. I'm going to hand over to Chris, who has created the quiz to end all quizzes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 15 questions long, so I don't know if I'm actually <laughs> up there in the top 10 quiz category. But I just want to give some context for everyone watching. So we had our team Christmas Day last week and Dan won the first round, which was Christmas films. And Emma won the second round, which was Christmas music. So basically they're one apiece. So this is like all on the line right now. Uh, But what we're Mm going to do is we're going to have someone join each of their teams. Okay, Emma and Sophie, you two are a team. Could you, I'm going to give you a buzzer noise. And your buzzer noise will be the sound of a Christmas elf. What? You gotta make that sound. <laughs> what does a Christmas elf sound like? You tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, so you. And Why Sophie... is it scared? Why is it so scared? I I don't think a Christmas elf would be that scared. I think it would have a good a good handle on what's going to happen in the future, and it would be striding purposefully into it. I mean, maybe, maybe he's just scared that Christmas is ending. But uh, that's <laughs> nice. your team. And now, Dan, I don't even know if this is really fair. This is a bit crazy. But Zoe and Lucy have, yeah, like, come on. have they're on it. No, no, no. That's out of order. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. One Zoom account, though, isn't it? And so it's it's we we both have two Zoom accounts per per team. Yeah, I mean. Um, although, before we started recording, they did say that they hated Elf and hated the Grinch. <laughs> So I'm a little bit worried, but I, f- I feel like if if you're ever going to redeem yourself, it will be, you know, as we celebrate victory together after we've got 100% on all 15 questions. There you go. And for you guys, your buzzer sound will be... Um... <laughs> Children? <laughs> I've got to give you the sound of a turkey roasting in the oven. What? Come on, they got an elf, you can do it. Well, it's, it's what we think in a crackle. Depends uh, how you cook <laughs> your turkey, you know, you're gonna you slow you slow cooking it. Or maybe microwave it so it's like mmm. Okay, we've got some hey. dirty microwave <laughs> Christmas turkey. Can you <laughs> like, throw a Christmas dinner at your house? I feel, <laughs> I feel like I need a more decisive buzzer, so we're gonna go with a ping. We're gonna go with a microwave finishing. 30, 30 seconds, isn't it? Turkey in the microwave yeah. should do there it. It's done. And then, so I've seen that the happen. The buzzer is ping. There you go. I, I'm going to even help you out and say I think you could put on like an oven alarm as well. So we'll just say it's an <laughs> oven alarm for those of us who like to eat cooked turkey on Christmas Day. Um, there's three rounds. Three rounds. Five questions in each round. A general Christmas knowledge round, a Christmas film round, and a Christmas music round. So I want to see what happens this time. Can Dan and Emma steal any points off each other? Sophie, don't let me down. So Sophie, Zoe and Lucy, unmute yourselves so that you're ready to buzz in if you have the answer. But but <laughs> but beware. <laughs> that's a that's an elf. That's a, that's an elf right there. A word of warning. Once you buzz in, that is it. You have to answer within ten seconds. And if you don't answer, if you get the question wrong, that becomes forfeited to the other person. Each question has multiple choice. So you can wait for you can wait to hear every option or you can just buzz in as early as you want. It's completely up to Ooh, you. Is everyone really feeling nervous. ready? I mean, you should be nervous. We're going to start with the film category. So question one, who is put on trial in the film Miracle on 34th Street? Is it A... Santa Claus, B, Chris Kringle, or C, St. Nicholas? Ping! 
go for it then. I mean, it's a thirty-three percent chance, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, with Chris Kringle. Correct. Dan's in the lead by one point. <laughs> Dan, Zoe, and Lucy. Complete. If guess. anyone wants to text me the answers, <laughs> you're welcome. Question number two. <laughs> In the Nightmare Before Christmas, what is the name of Jack's ghost dog? Is it A, Zero, B, Casper, or C, Rex? Please, Sophie. Do you know this? I've never seen it. Ping, ping. Ping. I think Zoe and Lucy came in first. Is it A? It is A, Zero. That's two points. Yes! Come on. Sophie. Okay, third question. Just when you, when you want to get some points, Emma, just shout when you want any points. Yeah, I will, I will. Just let us know. Yeah, remember, it is a one in three chance a lot of the time, so... <laughs> no shade. Uh, <laughs> question three. In Elf, what flavour of Pop-Tarts does Buddy use in his spaghetti? Is it A, brown sugar cinnamon, B, chocolate, or C, strawberry? Yeah, Emma, I heard you coming. You do it, Sophie. You go. I think it's A. It's not A. The question gets passed on to Dancy. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I would have said the same, Sophie. Don't worry. Right, guys. As as two people who hate Elf, can you remember? No. Like I don't know. What Let's we- go with chocolate. It's correct. <laughs> Dan is three, three points clear in the lead. Coming to the end. This is the freakiest quiz. Coming to the end of the film <laughs> round. In the first wow. Home Alone, how old is Kevin? Is he A, Ooh. 7, B, 10, or C, 8? Bing, bing, bing. Emma, that's your team. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, do you actually know it, Sophie? Because if you do, you do it. Which, which one was it? Which one was 10? Was that B? That was, yeah. that was B. Yeah, go with B. Unfortunately, B is no! the correct answer. <laughs> oh. The slaughter continues. What do we reckon, guys? My, my hunch is... We think eight? Yeah, my hunch is eight. Yeah. Is that a final answer? We're going to go with eight. Final answer. Eight is the correct answer. I'm leaving. Come on. I'm rooting for Emma and Sophie. <laughs> I believe in you both. Okay, number five. This is the final film round question. In the Polar Express, who voices the conductor? Is it A, Tim Allen, B, Will Ferrell, or C, Tom Hanks? Ping! Yes, Dan. C, Tom Hanks. Correct. Such a know-it-all. Okay, so after the first round, Dan completely (laughs) sweet. Dan, Zoe, and Lucy, let me say. Thank you. Completely sweet. The film round. We're on to music. Emma, this is where you shined last time. Let's see if we can bring it again. Okay, question one. What year did Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas first come out? Was it A, 1994, B, 2001, or C, 1991? Go for it. 94. Correct. Yay! We love. Okay, question two. Which band beat the X Factor's Joe McKelgy to Christmas number one in 2009? Was it A, One Direction, B, Slade, or C, Rage Against the Machine? Ping! Answer, please. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine? Correct. Yes. That was a long time ago. Was that really 11 years ago? I know. I was sad when I saw that as well. (laughs) Okay, number three. What is the best-selling Christmas song of all time? Is it A, White Christmas? Is it B, Last Christmas? Or is it C, Fairy Tale of New York? Answer, please. Is it White Christmas? It is White Christmas. Yeah, boy. You can do it, Emma. You're hanging in there. You're hanging in there. Question four. Finish the lyric from this Wham classic. Last Christmas, I gave you my blank. (laughs) (laughs) I was first. I was first. (laughs) I was first, Chris. I I think I heard Emma and Sophie first. I'm sorry. Hot. Correct. If you got that wrong, you got that wrong, you'd just be kicked out of the call. Liver. (laughs) 
<laughs> Question number five. Ariana Grande and Mariah Carey have teamed up with what singer to deliver a remix of a classic Christmas song? Is it A, Jennifer Lopez, B, Lady Gaga, or C, Jennifer Hudson? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Emma. Is it... Jennifer Hudson? Correct. Yay! And at the We're end, so good at guessing. <laughs> at the end of the music round, the score is Dan's, Dan's team six and Emma's team four. It's all to Ooh. play for. You could do it. We're coming it's back. Close. Last okay. round. Come on, guys. We're, we welcome, can do this. we're welcomed into our general knowledge round, which is anyone's game, really, because who knows what's going on. So, question one What birds are popular on Christmas cards? Is it A, ducks? <laughs> Sophie. <laughs> no, sorry, Robin. Correct. The little red bird. I'm pretty sure I was first there, but let's go. <laughs> okay, question two. What country was eggnog invented in? Is it A, America, B, England, or C, Canada? Can someone jump on Google quick? <laughs> no cheating. <laughs> I'm going to go E. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Canada. It's not Canada, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, sorry. Guys, what do you reckon? I've no idea. I, can't I was going to the... say Canada if we had to guess. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it sounds it sounds American, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that your right, final we're answer? Go America, yeah. That's incorrect. It was actually yes. England. No wow, one gets the point. It? Did anyone get that right? No. Anyone at all? Does anyone know the history of eggnog? (laughs) Question number three. I mean, all of you should get this. Where did Joseph, Mary and Jesus travel to after leaving? Sophie was in first. Bethlehem. Unfortunately, that is not the correct answer. Do you want me to finish the question? (laughs) So the question was, where did Jesus, where did Joseph, Mary and Jesus travel to after leaving Bethlehem? Oh, that Ooh. is tricky. Now, it's up to you, Dan, Zoe, and Lucy. You've got 10 seconds. Um, do we get options? Oh, yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, you get A. I think it's E. I yeah, think that's it's what Egypt. I just said. I mean, you didn't even need the options. Professional. Yeah, Zoe, Zoe and Lucy said Egypt. Fantastic. That's the correct answer. Yeah. All right, guys, stop showing off. Okay, so the, at this point, the score is 7 to 4, but the last question is worth two points. So. You're still in it. <laughs> Question four. Um, which sorry, do that. Range... Do that maths again. Did you say it's worth two points? Yeah, for a draw, they, that would get you a draw. Scores are scores are. I oh know it's because of six. six it's all four. or nothing. I thought you had seven. Don't no, mind it's, me. It's, this one's all or nothing. If you get this one, you win the whole thing. <laughs> How does that even work? <laughs> it does. It works. You got. All you right. got. You got a couple more questions. Okay. Oh. Okay. So the first question is, which reindeer name means thunder? Is it A, Blitzen, B, Comet, or C, Donna? Emma. Donna. Correct. Yeah, German, Oh, my days. Okay. That's... It's (laughs) 6-5. It's 6-5. This is it. Is it not German? It is German, isn't it? it? I thought we had seven. Yeah. German. I thought you did as well, but I think I lied to you. Um, oh, okay, that's fine. But yeah, the scores are six five. This is the deciding point. Woo! Deciding Come question is worth double. Okay, how many tips do traditional snowflakes have? Ping. Is it oh my! Zoe and Lucy. Six. It is six. Dan. Oh my word! Dan, Zoe, and Lucy, you are the winners. You get a whole yes! round of applause over Zoom. I'm Congratulations. That is incredible <laughs> Emma, knowledge. Sophie, can we be good sports, please? Clap. <laughs> well, well you stolen win. victory. <laughs> I mean, I owe it all to, to Zoe and Lucy for I think you Egypt actually do. <laughs> and the snowflake. That was the one question I knew the answer to. <laughs> nice. 
Cool. So just for the, the last few minutes of the, the podcast, we wanted to look forward to 2021 and look at some of the hopes for 2021, any potential New Year's resolutions, anything that you have learned this year that you're going to apply for 2021. So Chris, Emma, first, what are you looking to take forward to 2021? The vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Never, no, honestly, I'm like, if there's a chance that we can literally, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know the science of it. I'm not going to pretend to know the science of it. But if like the majority of us can be protected next year, and coronavirus, as we know it, is not what it is this year, then that'll be fantastic. Because I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> I am going to bring into 2021 a more empty schedule because I've loved that about this year having like Mm. not much to do so I'm gonna like reserve a few days every week or a few evenings and I'm just gonna blank them out and that's gonna be my hope for 2021 (laughs) (laughs) a chill life you're gonna give yourself a lockdown is that what you're saying (laughs) yeah yeah every few months I'm gonna go into lockdown and no one can see me for like two weeks yeah no, I, I like that, and I definitely, definitely agree. Time, time out is an important one. I think, I think as well, mine's kind of linked to both of yours, or at least, yeah, in some ways. But just connecting with people again, like how, how good would it be to to hug someone? How good would it be to go to the to the pub, to a restaurant? Um, how would it be? How good would it be just to be in someone else's house? Like crazy, crazy talk. But that's really exciting to me. I think twenty twenty one. You know, I was saying it a bit earlier is going to be a, a really pivotal and important year. And I think in 2020, we saw the importance of both collective groups of campaigners, but also inspiring individuals on, um, you know, Sir Sir Tom, who did all the fundraising and fundraised um, and, and raised millions of pounds. Um, Marcus Rashford as well, whose uh, campaign pretty much single handedly, you know, with the platform that he that he has brought significant change in in the government's approach to child um food poverty um and so i think there's an opportunity for us to do that in 2021 and to and to really kind of in- engage with with things there's cop 26 as well happening next year it was supposed to happen in november it's the conference of parties where politicians from around the world come together to talk about climate change and so uh, really exciting that that that's happening and happening at a real crucial time when we're thinking about building back better as well. So there's some there's some real hope for 2021. But more than anything, I just want to just want to give some people a hug. Yeah. Some people I know a hug, just appropriate hugging. <laughs> We've got some uh, great comments uh, in the chat. Uh, Talitha, do you want to share a bit about what your hopes for next year are? Yeah, I mean, I think this year's really shown the importance of having a connection with others and like seeing your friends and family. So I really hope for 2021 that um, we really value others um, and continue like the, focusing on the importance of having that connection with our friends and family. Thank you so much. And Caleb, what are your plans for next year? Yeah, I think I really just want to like get my priorities straight. Like I feel like this year I've had like so many dreams like ideas like oh I want to start this project I want to help people in this way but I've just been too busy to like actually like sit down and like get those things go or like properly invest myself into the places that I feel God might be calling me into so yeah just try and strip back and like live a more simple life I guess and just be slightly less busy so I can wait on God more 100% Emma will email you your lockdown dates and times for next year <laughs> so you're not too busy uh we've got we've got a lot of backing for the hugs sophie and chloe uh zoe and lucy are talking oh lucy uh is talking about creativity what do you mean by creativity um i i want to be i want to actually make more time to be creative i've sort of have lots of ideas and i want to do sort of more drawing and painting and i have ideas for writing and i'm like I've had this like particular idea for like years and I'm like, I actually want to get it on paper, but I also want to find ways to bring God into my creativity. Um, sort of whether that's creative worship um, or just asking God sort of, how do you want to use this idea that I have? How do you want to use my creativity? And just whatever that is, using it as like a form of worship and just reminding myself that it's something that God's given me and just really bringing him into it. Because I also know that, that when I do that, that'll result in 
fruitfulness and productivity, which is what I really want. Love that. And Lucy and Zoe, while you're there, uh, yeah, what are you looking forward to next year? I think it just I've just sort of been thinking about the fact that like like I've said in the chat, like if I don't do things, stuff doesn't happen. I don't really know how to describe it, but like I think because like this is my first year really that I can remember not being in school. It's sort of like a lot of stuff doesn't like happen just because it happens and it's just sort of like getting into the rhythm of like purposefully doing things and deciding what I want to do and just yeah things like that and just both like things that I need to do and things that I want to do so it's like kind of together and yeah and just being intentional with my time that's great that's really great and last but not least our last comment for the day Chloe do you want to share a bit about what you're looking forward to next year yeah I'd love to it was uh, primarily I think from this year is not to take anything for granted and to show more kindness and love and a lot more hugs because I've certainly missed them and no one will ever not want any love or kindness so if we can show that even more then that's my hope. an amazing place to wrap everything up on that message of hope and love so that's it for this episode and that's it for for 2020 so thank you to everyone for listening in we hope you have a very merry christmas and a happy new year and we'll be back on the 4th of january where we'll be kicking off 2021 in style with special guests ren collective so make sure you tune in and if you like what you heard today make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on instagram at we are tear fund and we've made it with only one internet connection dropout and some very odd <laughs> vocal mixes from Chris. <laughs> and we've done it. As soon as I download that, I'm bringing out that track. It's going Christmas number one. You look aren't ready. <laughs> <laughs>